Chapter 5 Fitzhugh Investigations is housed in a former bank in downtown Fawcettville, all engraved brownstone on the outside and bad 70s decor on the inside. Mary Margaret was waiting for me when I got there Monday. She came right at me, lisping wetly through her braces. I thought we were going to talk about your new website this morning. I had to take a kid to school. One of your nephews or nieces? Nope. I walked past her without further explanation. I knew she was nosy enough to follow me back to my desk, which sat in an out-of-place glass enclosure about halfway down the south wall. I dumped my briefcase and my coat across my desk and, with my assistant on my heels, walked back behind the former teller's stations where we kept the coffee pot. My second cup of java was the top priority. I read about Anna Maria in the paper, she said as I poured Friday's cold black sludge into a mug. That's so sad, especially when we just had dinner with her a couple hours before. To put it mildly, I stuffed the mug into the adjoining microwave and punched the hot beverage button. The microwave beeped and I removed the weaponized caffeine. Then you gotta consider she was coming to talk to me over a confidential matter, and you kept hanging around. There's a good chance I could have figured out who wanted to shoot her, maybe even kept it from happening. She blushed to the roots of her blonde hair. She was a good kid for the most part, but she'd read too goddamn much Dashiell Hammett and Nancy Drew, which made her think she was ready to jump into situations where she wasn't wanted, needed, or fully informed. I tried to disabuse Mary Margaret of the fantasy she found between those pages, but a couple years later it still wasn't doing a whole lot of good. A lot of the time my job consisted of sitting in the car for hours on end, waiting for some scumbag to leave wherever he or she wasn't supposed to be. Other times, the job involved slogging through public records or trash cans. If I needed to bring her back down to earth, and I knew she wouldn't get shot at, I handed the dumpster diving jobs to her. That usually put an end to all that goddamn enthusiasm. A good kid, sure. A good, flat-chested, frumpy kid. She'd probably end her days with a bad case of terminal virginity, feeding 50 cats and hoarding everything she touched. That was the main reason Gracie hired her to start with. She was too homely for me to even consider making a move on, had the idea crossed my mind, which it never did. She was two years into a three-year orthodontic treatment to correct a bad overbite, something her mother should have taken care of when she was a kid. You'd think, too, she would have gotten used to all that metal in her mouth by this time and would quit lisping. No luck for me. I'm so sorry, Fitz. I headed back to my desk and waved for her to follow, rolling my eyes when I knew she couldn't see. I moved my jacket and briefcase, and she sank like a sack of potatoes into the chair in front of my desk. So here's what I know so far. I filled her in on the details, including finding the journal in the wall safe compartment. Anna Maria's sister wants me to find out if she was doing anything illegal and quash it before the police can find it. Although, if I do dig anything up, I'm obligated to give it to them. So where do you want me to start? Mary Margaret's damn Nancy Drew persona shone in her eyes. I wanted to choke her. I handed her a list of Anna Maria's properties. Find out who lives there. More of it's a commercial building, what it's being used for. I don't care how you find them. Census records, voter registration, phone book, whatever. Just find them. Sure, Fitz. What's a phone book? Just find them. 
In a few minutes, she was back with the residential renters, and I was on the phone. As expected, none of Anna Maria's tenants on Milan Street had any complaints about her as a landlord, nor any clues of anything illegal she might be involved in. The auditor's office had photos on the buildings in the industrial park, in addition to basic square footage and how it was constructed. The office building in the industrial district was a square, one-story concrete piece painted in staid gray, with hunter green awnings atop the front door and windows. There were five parking spaces painted in a slant next to the door. The storefront in Tubman Gardens was a wooden structure with a wide window in front and a two-bedroom apartment upstairs. After lunch, I'd take a drive to scope out both buildings. In the meantime, I pulled out the coded journal from my briefcase and flipped through it again. What could these letters mean? And the symbols? I flipped to the page I looked at the other night, pondering again, clean black letters. LMXOX. ATKKBLHF. There were two dollar signs beneath those letters, followed by a slash mark and a thick black X. I didn't get into code breaking or ciphers much when I was in the Air Force. That was above my pay grade. But I knew enough about it to get myself in trouble. This looked like a Caesar shift type of code, where one letter was substituted for another. For example, if the G cipher is used, then A becomes G, B becomes H, C becomes I, and so on through the alphabet. If the Y cipher is used, then A becomes Y, B becomes Z, C, A, and so on. Whatever Anna Maria was doing, it didn't look like it would take too long to crack. I just needed to figure out what letter she started her cipher with. What if she was just rotating the first letter to the next one? A became B and B, C. Nope. LMXOX became KLWNW. What about A was Z and the alphabet ran backwards? I erased what I'd written and tried again. LMXOX was now ONCLC. That didn't make any damn sense either. I started with a couple other letters and combinations, but after an hour or so, wasn't making any progress. I looked up to see Mary Margaret standing at my office door. What? Alicia Linderman called. She said the guardianship agreement is ready for you to sign. Great. I'll head over to the courthouse now. My damned old eyes were about crossed anyway. Who are you going to be a guardian for? The same kid I took to school this morning. You want to tell me what's going on? His name is Marco Hausman. He was a client of Anna Maria's through the courts, and he's also a person of interest in her death. Mary Margaret's eyes widened. You're letting the kid who might have killed Anna Maria live with you? It's always a possibility that someone you live with can kill you. I shrugged my shoulders into my winter coat and stepped out into the cold. The prosecutor's office was on the second floor of the courthouse, at the top of a wide, white marble staircase. The administrative assistant showed me into Alicia's private office. Mr. Fitzhugh is here, she said, and retreated behind the closed door. Alicia didn't look up from her desk or respond. Hey, I said softly as I took a seat. She finally looked up at me and then found a piece of paper at the corner of her desk, shoving it in my direction. Here's the guardianship agreement. Sign both copies, please. And please remember, this kid isn't one of those scumbag spouses you chase. If I hear you've laid a hand on him, I'll come after you in no uncertain terms. Well, aren't we cheerful this morning? I took the paper from her and pulled a pen from inside my coat. 
scrawled my signature twice as directed, and pushed it back in her direction. Thank you. She still didn't turn away from her work. I appreciate you doing this for me. You're welcome. Alicia, come on. Look at me. Say hello, at least. We used to be friends, didn't we? She looked up briefly from her computer. Do I need to remind you? I raised my hands. I get it. I get it. What had started as a very flirty relationship with assistant prosecutor Linnerman ended up as a disastrous series of hookups at both her place and mine following Gracie's death. After a third and final night together, we argued. She stomped out, and within a month she was engaged to probate boy. Is there anything else you need from me, Fitz? I sighed. Only a second chance. I guess not. Well, before you go, I need to say thank you for taking Marco in. He's been in and out of juvenile court and foster care. If you can get a handle on him, then there's hope for the kid. I nodded. She turned back to her work again. I stood with my hand on the doorknob for a moment. I wish there was hope for us. I said it quietly, and then stepped out the door. Back at the office, a drop-in client interrupted my plans to go visit Anna Maria's commercial properties. She looked mousy, dressed in a dark gray sweater and matching pants. Her frumpy boots were black and stopped just above her ankle, edged in fake black fur. Her chin-length hair was slightly more gray than brown, and she clutched a cheap plastic handbag in her lap. Her eyes were wide, and she looked like she'd been crying. Mary Market followed me back to my office again. I'm sorry, Fitz. She just came in and insists on seeing you. What does she want? She thinks her husband has something going on. Maybe another woman. No different than half the husbands in this town, if my records are correct. Why is her husband so much more important? Her name is Mia Zetkowski. She's the mayor's wife. <laughs> Show her in, Mary Margaret. Show her in. <laughs>